Afterthought on CKUW 95.9 FM. My name is Erica Weeb. And I'm Lynn Fernandez. We'd love to hear from you. Please email us at afterthought, that's one word, at ckuw.ca. So today it's me, Erica, that's here, and the date of this recording is March the 4th, 2022. And I'm really happy today to have Peter Workington as my guest. He was, uh, a few years ago, trucking along as a regular young person, living in Winnipeg, going to school, working, etc., when a life-changing incident happened, which abruptly changed his life and brought him into the world of disability. I know Peter, have known him since he was born to my cousin and his wife, so I've been able to witness some of his journey. Uh, and I know that he's learned some important things about what it's like to live with his kind of disability that we should all know about. So I'm really happy and appreciative that he's willing to share his story today. Thanks, Pete. You're welcome. Happy to be here. Great. Okay, so I guess we'll just start with, okay, what year was it? I, I always forget what year it was that the accident happened. September of 2017. 2017, so we're now in year um, five? Yeah. Somewhere yeah. around there. Well, four and a half. Yeah. Want to tell the story about what happened? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was involved in a, a relatively low-level, non-contact hockey league through the Icelander at, uh, at the Icelander. And, uh, yeah, just playing in a regular game. Um uh, was going in on the goalie on a two-on-one and just accidentally clipped skates <clears throat> with the goalie and that sent me headfirst into the boards um, and yeah that was it I remember I remember everything I was conscious through the whole uh, accident um, but I knew laying on the ice that it was time to call the paramedics because I could just tell that I wouldn't be standing up um, well, Although, and didn't you say that to your friends? Yeah, yeah, I was the one who instantly was saying, uh, yeah, call the paramedics. Yeah. Although, yeah, after that, once I got to the hospital, things got hazy for months because I was medicated uh, on opiates pretty quickly. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what were your injuries? Um, so spinal cord injuries are qualified by vertebral level. So I have what's called a complete uh, spinal cord injury at uh, thoracic three. Um, Which is, is it three from the top? Yeah, three below cervical. Right. Um, uh, my spine is, I had surgery on my spine to stabilize uh, the spine, uh, make sure there wasn't any future complications. So my spine's fused from uh, T3 to T6, um, and that kind of corresponds with general sensation and function only above my nipple line, basically. Um, and I guess I also... You broke your wrist. I broke my wrist and I slightly punctured a lung. Uh, but those were 
somewhat irrelevant and not really noticeable at the time. I know, it's kind of crazy because breaking one's wrist is, is, is not a small thing either. I mean, the wrist is a complicated thing to heal up, but for you, that was that went relatively well, didn't it, is, if my memory serves correctly, your wrist healing? Yeah, I mean, questions like that, to be honest, I remember having a cast, and I remember it coming off, and I remember feeling weak, but beyond that that whole there's probably well especially a period of about three months where I have memories but then when other people describe them back to me I realize how uh, how stoned I was basically on yeah the whole time yeah wow yeah that memory is pretty fuzzy yeah uh, yeah I remember the day you got your cast off actually of your wrist and then, okay, so then you moved into uh, an apartment. After how long in the hospital? Uh, I was in uh, reha- the rehab unit at HSC for, well, initially they they said it would be around six months from basically October 1st. Uh, but, um, you know, not to knock any of the efforts of the staff, but the hospital's a nightmarish place to to live. Um, so I really wanted to get out of there yeah. and being relatively young for having to learn how to use a wheelchair. Yeah. I was able to get out two and a half months, like mid December, two and a half months after my injury. Although that was definitely a stretch, but I'm not sure how much less of a stretch it would have been after six months either. Yeah. Uh, so when you say it's a nightmare in the hospital, like food, all that kind of thing, or what? What? What is it? Um, or what was it? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of things. Uh, I don't know. Food's yeah. the food's the a bit of a joke, but compared to other things, it's doesn't seem very significant. Like uh, sharing a space with other people who are total strangers. Total strangers, and going through for some people pretty significant trauma. Yeah. And dealing with it in various ways, some of which are actually wonderful in a weird way, but to to be able to share that if people are open to it, but a lot of the time in just uh, really difficult ways. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, lack of privacy, lack of spontaneity, lack of ability to even go outside, and there's inevitable, sometimes there's inevitable disagreements with with staff and uh uh-huh. yeah it's just uh you're not able to live your own life yeah for sure okay so then you moved into an apartment that was like a really a pretty nice apartment with uh that was accessible for a wheelchair yeah that's one of the one of the precursors to uh prerequisites for discharge right from, from hospital. hospital yeah and uh yeah, that's well. I wasn't involved in finding that. I was reliant on my my circles of support for help with that. Um, lots of apartments in Winnipeg advertise as accessible, but uh, that isn't really <laughs> strictly defined. Uh, I've even personally been apartment hunting when they opened the door and there were stairs immediately inside, and I, I mean. Uh, I, I'm sure it wasn't malicious in any way. They just weren't actually thinking it through. And wow. an awkward moment where I was like, "Do you 
do I need to say it? I'm not very good at stairs, but... Uh, and it was advertised as um, yeah, being accessible? Yeah, well, and then I guess they did take me to another unit that was accessible, but... I, I don't. I try not to be bitter or hold yeah, that yeah. against anyone. It's you're just ignorant to accessibility issues. For I was for the most part until yeah until my injury. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I was also very lucky to be able to afford and find an apartment. Um, I know for some people. Well, choice in apartment or choice in living situation is really restricted. Yeah. Lots of people's houses before uh, spinal cord injuries wouldn't be accessible afterwards or else require modifications that are really expensive. Um, and I know that a lot of people end up unable to afford uh, accessible housing at least for a good long while after their injury, so they're stuck on waiting lists. I, I know that some people are, are basically stuck in rehab uh, or potentially learn to move to long-term care for up to years um so i was very lucky to be able to to move into my own place yeah thank goodness um but but you're right um yeah so available funds is a big issue for people right Mm -hmm. yeah so pete i remember those first few years or so as being like really hard for you i i don't know how you look back on them but that's the way it kind of seemed and i mean Am I right, first of all? I mean, of course, they were hard. But it yeah. just felt like it was like hell in some ways. Yeah. Yeah, I would say... Uh, well, yeah, I was able to also luckily get off of my opiates about the same time I got out of hospital without any uh, withdrawal symptoms. Um, oh, so, so like... And some people, that's where maybe an addiction could start, oh, right? yeah, yeah, I think that can be yeah. a start of, uh, yeah, something very terrible. Uh, yeah. But for me, um, yeah, I was able to uh, get off of the opiates, but I would say I was just in a general state of shock for probably years. Yeah. Um, and probably, yeah, in a well, depressed and in a complete state of shock. I'd say initially it's just everything, every mm, detail of every minute of every day is just completely overwhelming for both myself and everyone around me. Um, Nobody really knows what to expect and nobody has any answers. Um, I remember feeling like I hadn't given up, but... uh, like my life before my injury, happiness just existed. Um, yeah. And I knew things that I wanted to do that I could pursue happiness. And suddenly, uh, life was terrifying because I didn't feel happiness doing anything. And uh, and I I didn't even know how to where to look to find it. It was just gone. Um, I mean, I wanted to find it, but I. Yeah, I had just suddenly completely lost that feeling. Yeah. Um, and there, there's, you, you have to, especially also transition out of hospital, you have to learn how to take care of your body. And there's a lot of new routines um, that y- you have to be responsible to taking care of yourself. Um, yeah. So life 
kind of felt like a clinical routine uh, a lot of the time. Routines ate up a ton of time, and uh, it felt like life had moved from an interesting place, an interesting thing with lots of things to explore, to just a dangerous and uh, tiring uh, and frightening place with lots of barriers yeah. to, to navigate it. Yeah, and we should let folks know that, um, so you, you have full use of your arms, Yeah. Um, but you have, your abdominal muscles are not available to you, right? Or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, uh, like there are some muscles that do, str- any muscles that are innervated above T3, I still have function of, so some muscles are innervated above that level but stretch below. Huh. So basically, I have some muscles on my back that I that I do have control of, but generally, yeah, I don't really have any abdominal control. Right, which which makes a huge. I mean, us folks who do not have that injury uh, take our those muscles for granted, right? But it makes a big freaking difference. Yeah, well, and people even see me. Um, sitting up and then do something like shake. I remember now I brace myself, but you see someone sitting up and you assume that they're sitting up with control. So I remember people shaking my hand and pulling me in and then me flopping almost, over, yeah, getting pulled out of my yeah. chair. Like, whoa, what are you doing? Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah. So anything else you want to say about those first, you know, the first adjustments? Um, yeah, I guess I just talked about kind of, well, I, I guess to add to it, it was just emotionally overwhelming all of the time. And, yes. uh, yeah, I'm hesitant when people say, oh, not that I can't appreciate uh, feeling inspiration, but I'm de- I was definitely very human. Uh, it was difficult on me and difficult on everyone around me. And... Uh, yeah, often t- for for years, I would say I just felt like hiding under a blanket. Um, that's that's all I had energy for for a while. Yeah, for sure. So much to, like you said, just every aspect of life is just is impacted in one way or another. So when you look back um, since then, how have things gone? Um, Has it become so easier? Yeah, I would say um, on the practical side of things, you just, like I said, when I got out of hospital, it was it was depressing feeling like, oh, okay, now um, to wake up in the morning, to get dressed, to have a shower, to use the bathroom, okay, now it's 4 p.m. Uh, like, those routines ate up so much time, wow. it just yeah. left it left zero time for a friend to call and be like, Hey, do you want to hang out? And being like, well, I'm, I'm six hours out of being ready for something like that. Yeah. Um, so routines get faster, uh, that on a practical level helps Uh quite a bit. Um, you develop, uh, you develop wheelchair skills. So you feel more confidence just going out. Yeah. Uh, You don't feel as scared that you're going to break down or get stuck somewhere. Um, that helps a lot. Um, personally, I'd say I've also gotten better at accepting, uh, where I want to push myself, uh, and where, 
well, picking my battles where, where things are more trouble than they're worth, really. I think you can, you can both just decide that everything's too hard and, and give up on everything, or you can push yourself in ways that might end up frustrating you because life is different. I remember some people saying this this doesn't change anything and that's I mean that's bullshit to be honest. Changes uh, pretty much most things. Yeah, and maybe maybe that's maybe that's uh, an appropriate thing for some people to hear. Maybe that is a positive thing for some people, but for me that was that didn't resonate at all. Um, yeah. Yeah, it changes everything. Uh, so, yeah, learning to pick my battles that was a big thing. Um, I also one of, music's been an important part of my life, and uh, yeah, I remember feeling like just losing, losing passion and losing motivation to be connected to things like that for a number of years. So rediscovering and reconnecting with music, uh, that was definitely a lifeline uh, for mm-hmm. me. And um, I dropped out of school. Uh, I, f- I felt like um, it was draining me in a way that was totally unsustainable uh, when I needed energy to be focusing on learning how to live my life in a new way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would say that was actually, I don't have any regrets, and uh, that's been an important part of feeling like I'm uh, learning how to navigate the world again. Yeah, and it also maybe... You know, uh, to me, it sounds like uh, taking control of uh, learning to understand where your limits are mm-hmm. and taking control of it, mm-hmm. rather than feeling, oh, I've been, I've been in this program for two years or whatever, three years. It's I should. It's really crazy t- to quit at this point. You knew that for you, you had to quit. Yeah. No, it didn't feel crazy at all. It, yeah. It felt like uh, as soon as the thought entered my mind, it seemed like uh, the right thing to do. Yeah, and I also really want to say that uh, the circle of support from family and friends, that's, I'm very lucky to have uh, an extensive and significant circle of support, and that's, I mean, this this whole journey, everyone was involved. I mean, I have lost some friends through the process, but I've also reconnected with some friends and had moments of really touching outreach from from lots of people, um, and that I know I'm I'm really fortunate to have, and makes the process a lot easier, even if people don't always know how to help. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, they don't always know how to help. We don't always know how to help. But I, I guess I can ask, what would you prefer that you don't that you stop trying, or that you just make an ass of yourself and ask? do you need help here or whatever yeah yeah no it's definitely and again i i can only speak for myself uh i don't presume to understand even another wheelchair user's uh disability or or injury in any way Uh, yeah uh but for myself um yeah i think a natural reaction is to be timid around people who are differently able or just different from from yourself in any way and to not ask questions and I think that shuts down potential connection um, I think if you're willing to ask questions in a respectful way inevitably you're gonna ask something that might be kind of silly but I would way rather be asked those questions and I can recognize that I would have been wondering the same things before my injury so 
it's not really that silly it's just you have no direct experience yeah and I would way rather tell someone I'd just rather not speak about that than uh, have potential connection with people shut down before it has a chance to happen right makes sense okay I know that last I think it was last year you got a new machine which you call your bike I believe do you call it the bike or uh, do, do we just call it your bike <laughs> yeah I don't know I haven't really uh, figured I guess it's like an electric technically it's an electric hand cycle I think oh, okay so we're not an that far off bike. yeah yeah it's basically a you install some mounting hardware under your your chair and then um, roll on top of this uh, docking mechanism and it kind of within five seconds converts your your chair to a an electric a motorized tricycle uh, basically uh, right there's sort of one wheel out in front right yeah mm-hmm. yeah and uh, it's been it's been just the best purchase I've made, I would say. Um, it's allowed me to regain a lot of independence. Um, before I had it, I was pretty much strictly, especially when I was still building strength, I was pretty much strictly reliant on vehicles either. Well, I've, I do have my own car now, but reliant on rides, um, for, for trips of any significant distance, or especially in the winter time, as soon as snow fell. Uh, and with this piece of equipment, I can... It's much less of a hassle to just, you know, get a call from a friend and head out the door. Um, it's five seconds and I'm ready to go, and I can throw on a backpack or strap on my guitar and uh, head out to a friend's or uh, go pick up groceries uh, with way less preparation involved. Um, but again, I should mention that I had coverage. I have I had insurance coverage. Um, equipment like this electric bike is it's prohibitively expensive, and if you don't have coverage through uh, something like workers' comp or uh, private insurance, uh, you you need to be independently wealthy. These pieces of equipment are extremely expensive. Yeah, and I feel like public coverage of these things is focused on the bare minimum of maintaining an ability to to remain safely in your own home rather than quality of life issues like being able to enjoy getting outside which on one hand is i mean i know financing funding is limited and this equipment is really expensive but i also just recognize how lucky i am to be able to afford it yeah but that's an important distinction you make between you know uh having the equipment and to just barely, you know, manage to survive and to be able to participate at least semi-fully in the life of the community and do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think it's the independent living philosophy. That's kind of how it's defined is removing barriers to active participation in the community. Yeah. So I remember last summer, a bunch of us went to a ball game, uh, a gold eyes game. Mm-hmm. And so we were, you were kind of up in the wheelchair section there. We were all sitting right, just right in front of you. You and Vern were up there. And, um, and you had your, this bike, mm-hmm. quote unquote bike. And we were all on our bikes too. 
And so there was about eight of us, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, including, you know, Mabel and Sean and Carla, blah, blah, blah. And on the way back, we were all riding in a line. And you were right in the middle of us, you know, keeping up with us. You were just kind of one of us riding. And I thought, oh, this is so great, you know. This is so great. He can just be, like, right here with us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, getting the... Uh getting the bike I mean it was I remember my first time riding on it it was pretty emotional because yeah before I had it I remember going out uh with friends and then they were all on bike and they were all gonna bike home I was close to home so I was just gonna wheel home but they all said goodnight and then rode off on their bikes and I was extremely jealous and sad that I I couldn't be a part of that I couldn't uh enjoy even just the the act of going home uh, yeah. as, in the same way. Yeah. And I used to be a cyclist and really enjoyed that. Um, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was an emotional experience to get that bike and be able to bike again with with friends. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So it's great that you have that bike, but also it's pretty difficult to use in winter. Like, what are what are, what. Uh, additional challenges does winter pose for you yeah winter uh i think i mentioned before or maybe i didn't but it it, there was a period of time when uh you know every step that i pushed myself to take in in regaining independence in 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 one way felt like two steps back one step forward two steps back because every time every time it felt like every time i pushed myself it brought to light uh a multitude of ways in which there were, you know, barriers in the environment or things were just more difficult. Um, and winter is easily the time when that's the hardest. And, and uh, on a physical level, uh, the most dif- difficulties arise. I would say partly that just living in snow, no matter what the situation, no matter how the streets are cleared and infrastructure in general, living in snow is just difficult. Um, you notice reduced efficiency wheeling through snow I I remember just going out a block and a half away from my house and then seeing the snow start to fall and realizing oh I better start going but being so exhausted by the time I got home in a the start of a blizzard that I realized this is this is dangerous uh it's after nine uh there are less people on the sidewalks um yeah I remember realizing it was dangerous just to be outside in winter. Yeah. 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 And uh, let alone trying to cross the street if there's snow ruts or if uh, approaches are blocked by, by cleared snow. I've been stuck when trying to cross the street and, uh, you know, in the middle of an intersection. Thankfully, people people have seen me and been happy to get out and help. But uh, if visibility is reduced or in the dark, um, yeah, winter becomes getting around becomes a more challenging and more frightening thing uh, when you have to be a lot more conscious of. And uh, there's also, I I know I need to remain active and be outdoors. Being outdoors is really important for me to maintain mental health. Um, And that's just more challenging through the winter, uh, especially through the pandemic. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's to, an, to add on another layer of mm-hmm. challenge, yeah. Yeah, that's another side of it is just simply being outside is important, but it's, uh, it's yeah, more difficult. Yeah. 
for sure. Okay, unfortunately, we're, we're almost at the end of our time, but what Peter Weick and I have agreed to do is, because uh, Pete, you're currently, uh, you're working on a research project. Do you want to just briefly, in a couple sentences, tell us what that is? Yeah, I'm <clears throat> involved in a, a sort of a survey across Canada of uh, how people with spinal cord injuries, uh, well, first of all, looking at provincial policy and uh, how things like personal attendant care, uh, medical supplies, and uh, mobility devices are provided to people with spinal cord injuries, and then actually talking to people uh, from different provinces in Canada and seeing what the reality is like, seeing what the potential gap is uh, between policy and reality, and then also hopefully being able to compare how that care is provided in different provinces. Cool. So I think what we're going to do is wait a while until that research is, um, is close to completion and you're able to talk about it a little bit more. And then we'll talk about what some of the findings were, as well as, I mean, I think you've learned a lot yourself about Winnipeg in particular, and where the uh, where significant infrastructure barriers might be, and where it could be better, and that kind of thing. Uh, does that sound okay to you, Pete? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, so I think we'll sign off for today. And uh, my name is Erica Weeb. I've been talking to Peter Workington, and we'll talk to you all again next time. Erica here again, just with a quick last word to remind you that all the shows on Afterthought are also available on podcast. So you can go to Spotify or Apple and uh, go to Afterthought and you can hear all past and future shows there. Um, and it's also always good for us and for you too to click on the follow button when you get there. That way you'll be able to find it more easily in future. And it's also a good way for us to help spread the word. Bye for now.